Please open your Bible to Philippians. Philippians 4. I'm going to start reading in verse number 1. Philippians 4.1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Euodius and beseech Syntyche that they may be of the same mind in the Lord. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel, which Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. So in uh, my Bible here, which I have a new Bible, about a new Bible, like my new Bible, has big text, okay? I'm almost middle-aged. I'm only 34. 35 is middle-aged. That's what I think. I'm not there yet. So that's how I define that. Amazon. I'll show you. I'll show you. Okay, it's a good one. So uh, in Philippians 4, my Bible says, the God of peace. Does anybody else have a heading there? I do not believe the headings are inspired, but they are there to help you know that what that section is about. The God of peace. And um, tonight I want to talk about this section, and I, I believe this section to be summed up in a title. It's talking about how to have supernatural reactions. See, my question is, I know that life has surprises, right? Anyone ever, ever been surprised? Face the unexpected? You get news you didn't know you were going to get? Good to see you. Come on in. Uh, you, you get news that you didn't know you were getting. You get an unexpected bill. That's terrible, right? You get bills. Your car breaks down. Maybe someone you love gets a severe diagnosis. That's, um, that's unexpected. Something comes up at work that is frustrating. Your boss introduces a new project when you already have a priority. You have uh, something that happens. Maybe your dog passes away. You, maybe you hear something shocking on the news. That's like a daily occurrence, right? Like there's a pandemic or... Maybe inflation or the gas is over $4. Here's, here's my question. What do you do when things go wrong? How do you react when things go wrong? See, common reactions, 
common, I say common, natural reactions include things like panic. You have this quick reaction of fear. Oh my word! You know, you just react quickly. Or maybe you worry when you get bad news. You, you tend to just let it build up and it pressures you and it, it just, you're constantly troubled. Maybe your reaction is to be stressed or have anxiety. That's, those are key words today, right? Pressure, there's an uneasiness, or life is just extremely heavy. How do you deal with disappointment? Or how do you deal when things go wrong? Or maybe you react by feeling discouraged. You, you, just, you get to a point even of depression. You, know, you hear bad news after bad news, unexpected thing after unexpected thing, and you feel like... Things are always going to be bad, and there is no hope, and things are just going wrong. I refer to these things as these, this panic, worry, anxiety, fear, depression, as freaking out, okay? People are freaking out. You, you get news, and we have this natural, and I just want to point out, this natural tendency, and it is natural. We do it like a knee-jerk reaction. We, ah, and we, we panic, we get worried, we have fear. We react to things, and these tendencies, though they're natural, they can feel good. They might cause some sort of change, but, but most times they, they often do nothing to improve the circumstance, right? Nothing. They don't help you. Amen. And the thing I want to point out here in Philippians 4 that I think we'll all see together is that these reactions of panic, worry, stress, anxiety, depression, discouragement, fear, are not Christian reactions. Amen. They're natural reactions. And so my point of the lesson tonight is to encourage us that what we need is a supernatural God, the Holy Spirit inside of us, to help us to have supernatural reactions. And that I, I truly believe that God has for all of us a better way to face unexpected letdowns because we will all face them. And if we believe that the Bible speaks on all topics of life, and I, I'm going to show you here tonight in Philippians 4 especially, this whole book of Philippians talks about how do we react, how do we live in the face of difficulty? Because I truly believe that it is not God's will that Christians freak out, that we worry, that we fear, that we panic, that we act as if God is not real in our situations, act as if there is no hope when there is. This whole chapter, what we're going to see is that there is a God of peace, and He wants to participate in your unrest or in your letdowns or in your troubles and, and bring you peace. Um, it was funny. I, I, I went home for lunch. Um, my kids, did anybody's kids like YouTube? Any, anybody's kids like YouTube? YouTube is like you find everything. You can learn anything on YouTube. And um, we, YouTube was up on our screen at home, and there was actually a video up that said that Americans, is funny, this is after I prepared this lesson, Americans are freaking out, is what it said. And it was about uh, inflation costs. It was like an like a economist type thing. But here's a quote that came up. I actually watched the video, and it said this. When people have nothing left to lose, and they've lost everything, they lose it. When people have nothing left to lose, and they've lost everything, they lose it. 
And, and what that reveals to me is that who's losing it? it it's people that they feel like, they, like it's not going to get better. Like we, we're bad. Oh, it's so bad. This happened. And, and they almost want you to participate in it. But the thing is, those are people that think they've lost everything. But Christians haven't lost everything. You understand? We have everything in God. That's the point of the message. We have what we need in our circumstances that we don't have to react naturally. We re react supernaturally. So my lesson tonight, how not to freak out. You ready? Five, five points, really simple. Philippians, uh, how not to freak out. Point number one, in Philipp we're going to start actually in Philippians 4. Four, uh, and you should take notes because I think they're really helpful. And maybe, maybe, this is how the Bible works, okay? Um, we have natural tendencies, and some of you might already be saying, listen, I, this is just who I am. This is just how I react. That's my point. My point is you need to be changed by the renewing of your mind. That's the whole point of the Bible. Like you have a problem or you have a, a lifestyle or behavior that is not in line with Scripture, is not supernatural, led by the Holy Spirit, that needs to be changed. And we change by learning the truth. So here's, here's the truth. Here's some points from the Scripture, how not to freak out. Point number one is consider God's goodness. Philippians 4, verse 4, the Apostle Paul, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. You've got this guy. And if you know anything about Philippians, where is Paul writing from? Prison. Is anybody in here in prison? Okay. So we have a leg up here in this situation. You are not in prison. You have freedom, right? All right. You chose to come here tonight. You had some choices today. This guy is writing from prison. Uh, was he doing anything wrong? No, he's falsely in prison. He's just in prison for doing what he knew was right to do. He's just trying to follow God and things don't seem to be going well. But somehow, a man in prison can write the words as an encouragement to the church, rejoice in the Lord always. The word rejoice is, is a word, it means calmly happy. It has the idea of your joy. Uh, the idea is that you have an ability through Christ to rejoice even though circumstances aren't good. Okay, That is what makes us different as Christians. Christians should not freak out. We should, number one, consider God's goodness. And I want to show you here, if you turn back in your Bible, just probably one page to Philippians chapter 1, uh, he actually talks about his circumstances a little bit. Philippians chapter 1, uh, starting in verse number 12. So I want you to see kind of his thought process here because Paul's thought process is a thought process we need to have when we have something that comes up. When you have an unexpected bill, when you get bad news, when something happens and you're ready to react, consider how he is reacting supernaturally. He says in verse number 12, Philippians 1, But I would that you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. He says, there's some things that happened to me. You ever have things happened? They just happen. Things happen out of your control. Some things are going to take place in your life that you don't want to take place, and it's going to happen to you. 
You don't even do it. You, you didn't cause it. You didn't wish for it. You didn't pray for it. You didn't ask for it. But it happens to you, and you get to choose, with God's help, we need to ask him for, obviously, how to react to these things that happen to us. And he says, listen, the things that happen to me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. See, he, he's uh, practicing what he, he preaches here because he says, listen, uh, I'm in a bad situation. Some things happen to me, but these things that happen to me, they have a positive side to them. There is still good, even though things are not good, okay? He says um, they've, they've fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel. He says, because I'm in jail, yes, it's bad, but the gospel is going further because of my circumstance. Oftentimes, if you think about your problem and can get beyond the fact that you're suffering and it's uncomfortable and this is bad, you can see that there may be some opportunity within your difficulty, okay? Uh, and he says in his difficulty, somehow God's using it, then the gospel is going further. He, he says also, uh, he says, so that my bonds, verse 13, in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places, meaning like I'm in prison and people know about it and it, they're talking about the reason I'm here and it's, it's having good effects in verse 14, he says, And many of the brethren, many of the other Christians in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He said, listen, not only is the gospel going further, but other Christians are bolder because of what's happening to me. He says, uh, not only that, uh, he goes on, verse 15, Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing add affliction to my bonds. So you got people preaching for different reasons. They're talking about the gospel with different motives. Uh, he says, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Uh, not What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice. Yea, I will rejoice. So listen, I'm in a bad situation, but good things are happening, and I can rejoice in those good things. And he says, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And he says, other people are praying for him, and that's a good thing. And um, you know, I, I really, you know, something that kind of hits home with all of us, uh, one of the benefits, uh, I hate, hate to talk about it that way, but it's the truth. There are sometimes benefits in bad, bad, bad things, okay? There are sometimes positives, and those are the things we can rejoice in, but Logan, uh, Pastor Tony's son, has cancer. Do you know what? One of the positives is that many people have reconsidered their relationship with God. Many people are now praying that didn't pray before because of his circumstance. You understand? I, I, and I'm not here to preach, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that God gives these bad things. Paul even said, this happened to me. He didn't say, God made this happen to me. He said, this happened to me. That's all he said. It happened. But oftentimes in negative things, good things can be found. We need to consider God's goodness. How do you, how do you not react, have a supernatural reaction? You consider God's goodness. What we can do is we can say to ourselves, we can train our mind to say, even though this happened, I can still be happy. You understand? Even though this is wrong in my life, I can still be joyful. Um, 
it's amazing, and we, we all kind of um, cling to people that are positive in their difficulty, right? We look to them like, wow, how do they do that? It's amazing. That's a supernatural reaction. Um, yeah, I, I, my mind just turns to, there's a, there's a speaker. I don't know him very well. I, I don't know him at all. I know of him. He has no arms and no legs. I think his name is Stephen. He's like a popular conservative speaker or something like that, Christian speaker. Um, how is it that somebody that ha- can walk, talk, work, has a home, lives with air conditioning, needs nobody else's help to move around, can be so depressed and so sad and so panicked and worried and fear-stricken, but somebody else that requires constant attention, uh, somebody to care for them, to, to do basic things, to feed them, to help them, can be happy and joyful. The thing is, you can be happy even though stuff is happening to you. And that is a truth that Scripture teaches, and the way we do that is because there is a God that is good to us. We have to consider God's goodness. Uh, there's a song that's as popular now. It's not a brand new song, but it's that old church choir song. You like that? You all, you all know the song? I'm not going to sing it, okay? You know this song? I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. But it goes on to say, he says, there ain't nothing going to steal my joy. That's one of the lyrics of the song. We sing the song in our cars, there ain't nothing going to steal my joy. But then somebody gives you bad news at work, or you get a flat tire, and you let that steal your joy, okay? You let that thing totally wipe out the fact that everything else is great in your life. And that is a natural reaction you should not have, okay? You should not be freaking out about those things. I'm, I'm trying to introduce you a different way to look at problems. When you get a problem, you do not have to instantly go toward panic, fear, worry, grief, whatever. You can start by saying, I'm going to consider God's goodness. What is good about this? What, what can, can come good of this? Uh, and, uh, and we can consider uh, God's goodness in that. He says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. There, there's no criteria that is an exception to that. He says, in, always rejoice. You, in, and it's not that you're rejoicing in your things that are happening to you. You're rejoicing in the Lord. You have a, a God of peace that can work in your circumstances. Um, so we've got to ask ourselves the question, uh, what is the source of our joy? Many of us, the answer to that question is our comfort is the source of our joy. Man, we just love, we love our chair we get to sit in, we get home, we love our meal being ready, we love going out to eat, and you know what? It better be hot and fresh, and that server better keep my water glass full. You know, we like our comfort, and that is, or so our joy is found in our circumstances being good or bad. You know, that's where we find our joy. But we have to reevaluate that, because our joy has to come from the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. So uh, as, a, as a point of application here, I'm curious, what is going well in your life? What can you praise God about? Real quick, shout them out. What's going good? What's that? Roof over your head. All right. What else? We have our health. We have a roof over our head. What else? A place to come and worship. That's right. What else? Christian friends. Somebody said something here? Grandchildren. Yeah. Grandmas, right? Yeah. Yeah. What else? Salvation. What else? 
That's not the end of the list, is it? I'm going to praise God for my grass. I have green grass growing in my yard. You may think that's insignificant, but I used to have a yard of dirt, and so now I have grass. So, uh, listen, uh, things are good. There is good that is going on in your life, no matter how bad you think it is, no matter if something has been disappointing you and you're just, you're just, what, has, what happens is we get so distracted to focus on that negative thing that we forget all the good things. And the good things always outweigh the bad things. How not to freak out. Point number one, consider God's goodness. The next time something happens, check your reactions. Ask God for supernatural reaction and start considering his goodness. All right, point number two, how not to freak out. Proceed gently in your relationships. Uh, verse number five, uh, Philippians 4, he says, um, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. You may think, what is that? Does it have anything to do with relationships? Uh, yes, it does. This word moderation here is, is actually the word gentleness. It is the word patience uh, with others. Oftentimes, when we react naturally, um, our reactions are hurtful, harsh, and aggressive toward others. Would you agree with me in that? Yeah. Um, and we all have natural reactions. Don't act like you don't, okay? Um, uh, if you are or have been married, then you understand like the best time or the worst time probably to like, it's just you got to tread lightly when somebody is reacting, right? It's like, this is not wise. This is not good. This is, this is a bad scenario. Those are natural reactions. When we have a natural reaction, we're full of anger. We're full of aggression. Uh, we, we panic and uh, we, we don't make wise decisions. Those are natural, uh, fleshly reactions, not supernatural, Holy Spirit reactions. So the Bible says, um, let, allow, your moderation. We're going to insert the word gentleness here. Let your gentleness be known unto all men. Meaning you ought to be, it's not, sometimes we think, I'm gentle on the inside. No. Um, gentleness is an action that you can portray and live on the outside. It's a way you actually can treat someone and you can be is gentle. A Christian reaction should be gentle and forgiving. The Bible says for the, um, uh, the Lord is at hand, meaning that this is a reminder that God is present with us and we must answer to him. We, we know that our deeds are watched by God in heaven and this should motivate us to be different. When you hear something disappointing or something bad happens to you, your natural response in crisis is to yell, to hurt, or to be harsh with others. We often use hurtful words. We do hurtful things. We have hurtful behavior, and it hurts others, okay? And it all happens around the time of crisis. It is possible. Listen, be with me here. It is possible that instead of a crisis ripping your family apart, a crisis can bring your family together. Instead of something negative happening, uh, causing you and your spouse to fight and you to be hateful, those negative things can be used with a supernatural reaction to help and to heal. Uh, let me remind you a couple of verses here. Remind us all. James 1.20 says this, For the wrath of man 
worketh not the righteousness of God. Meaning God's will and God's work never get done in anger. They don't, it doesn't work. The wrath of man, your wrath does not bring about the righteousness of God. So whether that's in uh, parenting, talking to your spouse, responding to something, God's response is not an angry response. Um, uh, does anybody have that issue? Deal with that? My hand is up. Anybody? Okay, y'all can join me. Okay, yeah. Y'all are so kind and gentle all the time. I'm telling you, there's one thing I learned here at this church is that everything that gets preached about, we all have a problem with at one point or another. And so we can all uh, re- realize these things. So how not to freak out? We, we need to consider God's goodness. That's a, that's a supernatural action. We need to proceed gently in our relationships. Um, uh, crisis can cause us to hurt others. We need to be careful what we say when we're surprised. We need to slow it down. Slow it down. What do you teach kids to do? If, you gave a, if there was an angry child, what advice would you give that angry child? Give, count to ten. That's like the famous one. Count to ten. Take a deep breath. Count to ten. <laughs> listen, listen to this. James 1.19, right before that verse about the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God, the Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Paul, writing in prison, uh, encouraging Christians in chapter 4, he says, stand fast in the Lord. Live for God, right? Do what's right. He says, you need to rejoice always. And he, he brings up this idea of living gently in the relationship with others. Proceed gently in your relationship. Uh, here's point number three. Uh, how do we not freak out? Uh, point number three uh, is receive God's peace through prayer. Receive God's peace through prayer. Uh, I want to read verse number six. He continues, he says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He says, be careful for nothing. That's an old English way to say, don't be anxious. Don't be full of care. Oftentimes, when we get bad news, it causes us just to bear that burden, right? It's heavy. It's, it's hard. And it's just we're constantly worried and anxious about it. Well, the Bible says, if you are walking in the Spirit supernaturally, if you are following God's way in difficulty, we will not be careful for anything. Meaning, there is a way. You, we may not know the way. We may not remember it all the time. But there is a way for you to ease your burdens. There is a way for you not to walk around so heavy and anxious all the time. And here's that way. That way is simply to take everything by prayer and supplication supplication with thanksgiving to the Lord. It says, let your request be made known. Um, the 
See, the thing is, God does not want us to be paralyzed with worry and with fear. I want you to flip uh, in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we'll look in verse 25. You may not have to flip there because it might be on the screen. Matthew 6 verse 25 says this, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Some of us say, man, I can't stop thinking about my life. It's so worrisome and hard and there's so many things to think about. Take no thought for your life. These are the red words, right? Jesus' words. Take no thought for your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air. It's like, think about these birds. For they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? He says, listen, um, there are birds outside, and they're not planting anything. They're not going to work every day. They're not doing anything. And God is providing for them. He is taking care of them. Do you think God cares for you more than he cares for the birds? Yes. He does. That's the point of the, the passage. Verse 27 is so powerful. Matthew chapter 6, he says, Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? What he's saying is here, you are so worried. You are freaking out. And you're worried and you're just crying and you're concerned. And I listen, it's okay. Listen, I'm, I'm not going to be insensitive, but it's okay to cry. We cry. This is natural reaction, right? We do that sometimes. But he says, you're worried. You're so bent out of shape. Your life is solely affected by your circumstance and you're burdened down. What help is it doing to you thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking? If you were so worried, he says, if you, if you thought and thought and thought about adding height to your stature, if you wanted to grow an inch and you thought about it and you thought about it and you thought about it, would you grow an inch? No. And the same thing is true. It is comedy hour tonight. Uh, listen, it, the thing is, all of our thinking and all of the worries that we have, they don't benefit us. They don't help us. They don't help our family. They don't help anybody. And God never tells us to do it. Here's what he tells us to do instead. In Philippians 4, he says... Be careful for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. He says in everything, there's no worry or care too small or a worry or care too big that you shouldn't take to God in prayer. You take those things to God in prayer, and the Bible says that the God of peace is accessible through your praying. You say, I, I want peace. Well, peace comes through praying. Now, let me explain something. Um, this would seem harsh. i got to tone it down um, here because I don't want to be harsh to you. But sometimes we're not praying. We're whining. Let me explain. Here's what I think whining prayers would be. Is when we're praying, but we're simply complaining without any faith whatsoever that God is going to do anything in our situation. We are whining. Let me explain to you what this prayer is that he's saying. Prayer, supplication, request be made known to God. What is that? 
praying, if you're going to have some useful praying in the midst of uh, uh, some sort of surprise, a letdown, praying is asking for help in faith and trusting God with the results. It is one thing just to whine and worry because it's just you're just worrying and worrying and worrying. God says, don't just worry, worry. You're like coming to God and say, God, I'm worrying. God, it's so hard. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's never going to get better. It's never going to get better. And you walk away with your burden. You carry it back with you. In 1 Peter 5, 7, we get this picture how God wants us to handle these things. He says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Philippians, we read that we let our request be made known unto God. And we ask them with thanksgiving. When you thank somebody for something, you're thanking them because they've already given something to you, right? You th- thank you. You know, you don't usually thank in advance. He's saying, thank me here. Um, and the reason is because prayer is when you ask in faith and trust God with the results. When you read in 1 Peter that word, casting all your care upon him, that word casting in that verse means to throw upon, Okay. It's the idea, if I'm carrying heavy burdens, hey, i got a backpack on, I'm carrying them in here, and I go to you and I say, this is so heavy, I need your help with this backpack. I need your help with this backpack, and I just walk away, turn and walk away with my backpack. That's what we do many times in our prayers. God, what he's asking you to do is to walk to him with your heavy burdens and your weights, and you take them to him, and you say, here, I'm giving them to you. You throw them upon him. And the idea is you throw them upon him and you walk away without them, okay? You leave and you say, I am leaving this burden with you because I can't handle it. And that is where the peace comes in. He says, in the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Many of you say, how can this person go through this difficulty and be so joyful and so happy? And how can they find the good in it? It's because you have to take your burden to God, you leave it with God, and you walk away trusting Him to handle it. It's casting care upon Him. And the Bible says that that the peace of God, it's, it's beyond all of our understanding, and it will keep your hearts and minds. That word keep is the word to guard or to protect, meaning when you go to God in prayer, that when you um, go to God and you leave your stuff with him, that you can receive his peace. He says, I, you, you bring me your troubles, I'll bring you my peace. That's, that's really, it's a, it's a trade-off. So the, uh, the, the thing is, if you want God's peace, if, if you want to stop reacting naturally and react supernaturally, we've got to receive God's peace through prayer, okay? Not whining prayer, 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 okay? Just consider that. Or am I going to God and taking my burdens back with me? Or have I really honestly told God, this is my need. I'm asking you to change the situation. I'm giving it to you and leave it, leaving it there. Um, number four, we only have two more points here. Number four, uh, how, how do we uh, have supernatural reactions and not freak out? Number four, think about what you are thinking about. Think about, is this too elementary? I hope not. This is helpful to me. Think about what you're thinking about. In Philippians chapter four, verse eight, listen to this. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest. Man, he starts off with true. A lot of times we're worried because we're just believing something that's not even true. 
We think it might be true, maybe one day. And we're so worried about it because, well, what if? And it's all these what ifs, and it's not true, okay? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue or goodness, and if there be any praise, think on these things. When he says think on these things, it means reckon or, or take, take account of these things. The idea is that sometimes we need to stop and take an inventory of what we're thinking about and how it's affecting us, okay? Um, why are people freaking out? Why do people, why, why do we, why, why do we, when we get bad news, let's take for instance, and because it's so applicable, why do people, when we see something on TV that's like, oh, I can't believe that, the headlines, just like hundreds of headlines every day, they're all different, they're all new, they're all bad. What would cause us to like, honestly get worried, as if God changed or something, or, or our life is wrecked because of a news headline? Here is many times why people are freaking out and reacting as opposed to having these Christian reactions. Uh, the idea is that people are freaking out all the time because we are watching people many times on the news who are freaking out all the time. We follow friends on social media who are freaking out all the time. We talk with people who are worried. We have friends who are panicked. We spend time with people who are fearful and we, ha- we, we, we have uh, friends who are always negative. See, um, fearful people have fearful friends. Panicked people oftentimes look for more panic. That's something we fill our minds with. Worried people tend to think about, talk about, converse about worrisome things. And we dwell on them. And the Bible says, listen, listen. When things are going bad, you need to think about how you're thinking, what you're thinking about. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What we do is we underestimate the influence of what we're listening to, of who we're spending time with, of what we're scrolling by. You may think, I'm just scrolling by it. No, you're reading it. You're watching it. You're hearing it. And you say, well, how can this person, they seem to not care. It's not that they don't care. It's that they're unaffected because they're, they're not listening to it. We have to pay attention to what we're paying attention to. We have to think about what we're thinking about. This passage here in Philippians 8 acts as somewhat of a filter. It says, what, 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 are, you, what are the things that are, you're letting into your mind? What are the influences? What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? What news are you watching? All that stuff. What articles are you reading? Is it true? Is it honest? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it of good report? Because if it is, then think on those things. But if it's not, don't let it in because it will affect you. Out of the heart are the issues of life. Um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You say, I, just, I, just, I, mean, I find myself being negative so often. I find myself complaining. Well, we have to be cautious. Are we listening to complaints? Are we listening to negativity? What comes in is what goes out. Uh, take an inventory of your thought life. Ask these questions. Where are your thoughts originating? If you are fearful about something or you are worried about something, ask yourself, where did you hear that? How did that first make its way into your mind? 
If you're worried about something happening politically, you're worried about something happening in the news, and you're, you're honestly in fear that it may happen to you, where, where did you hear that first? Is it true? Is it honest? We have to analyze. We have to ask, what are the inputs into our mind, right? Where am I getting my information from? Where is it coming from? We have to. Um, you say, well, that's, that's too, too much, too much. Um, Philippians 4.8 says it's not too much, okay? Uh, we have to be different. We are different. Uh, we, we're, we follow Scripture. All right, number five, uh, last one here. How do we uh, not freak out? How do we stop freaking out? Take action on what you know to do now. Uh, in verse number nine, the Apostle Paul says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Um, okay, how many of you have ever gotten surprise bad news? Honest surprise bad news. Me too. Um, you, you get the surprise bad news. Oftentimes we react, we panic, we worry, we, we yell, we fight. I mean, it causes, we, we need God's supernatural help, do we not? One of the things about, about unexpected things in our life um, and our reaction to it is that it's very disorienting. We're just, I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what. Am, what am I going to do about this? I, I don't know. What, what we just asked the question. I have no idea what to do, and we walk a little bit disoriented. Like, um, you know, sometimes we find ourselves with bad circumstances. Sometimes little things uh, cause the wrong reaction. We need to really watch out. But really heavy things: diagnosis, deaths, um, losing a job. These are heavy things. But they're disorienting things. They are, they are things that make us question, what do I do now? And the best thing that you can do now, um, I must have been in a funny mood when I wrote this. Um, I have a quote from um, Frozen 2. You have me seen Frozen 2? Do you know what I'm going to say? What? <laughs> what is it? I think he said... <laughs> Dave's like, why is he saying this? Do the next right thing. Listen, uh, that is the, probably the only uh, agreeable in Scripture thing that Disney has ever produced. Do the next right thing. Um, let me explain this to you. What do you do when you don't know what to do? When everything is chaotic, when everything seems like panic, when everything is going wrong and you feel like, I don't know what to do. Just do right. He says the things that you've learned and received and heard and seen me do. Do what you know to do right now. Sometimes that just means I'm going to, you know, we, we always want to make terrible decisions. We want to quit our jobs or we want to leave a marriage or we want to hurt somebody or say something. Just stop. Do what you know you need to do first. Do the, do the next right thing. I have quoted Anna of Arendelle in here. Um, oh, man. Fro Frozen 2, you, you should watch it. Huh? Do the next right thing. That's the quote. That's like the name of the song. Matthew 6.33, listen to this. This is much better. Um, Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, or for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Do you ever get overwhelmed with all the stuff that could happen? Or how problems could snowball? Or you're trying to solve something that could maybe potentially happen down the road a week from now, two weeks from now. You're like, I have no idea how I'm going to make all this work together. I don't know. Jesus himself said, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Meaning there are enough problems today, today. Worry about today. If you are anxious, if you are responding overwhelmed, panic, stricken with fear, which we all get sometimes, you have to remember to take action on what you know to do now. There is something that you know you're supposed to do today. Maybe it was just simply come to church. Uh, maybe it's simply go to work, do your job, and come home. You know, Don't do anything crazy. Don't do anything rash. Just do what you know you need to do. Uh, maybe it's simply, maybe you can only get as far as eat a meal, take a nap. Sometimes those are, you just do what you know you need to do next. All right. <clears throat> and the conclusion of this passage says, and the God of peace shall be with you. Um, we know that difficulties will happen, Okay. Uh, Pastor Tony uh, preached two, two Sundays ago about the unexpected. And God is the God of the unexpected. And uh, you probably know somebody, if it's not yourself, in the past week that got unexpected news. Something happened. You just weren't planning on it. Um, one of our uh, directors of the GO teams, Dawn, uh, I brought her up last Wednesday. You may not know her. Um, Pastor Tony preached on Sunday about life being uh, about, you know, the unexpected, she went to go visit her, her mother's grave on Mother's Day, stepped in a hole and broke her leg. And now she finds herself already having surgery. And I use her as an example because we've laughed about it. And uh, you know what? That is a bad thing. But I'm telling you, I got on the phone with Dawn and she just started telling me all the good stuff that was going on. And you would have thought on the phone with her, she never, ever broke her leg. Uh, you would have never thought that. I will tell you that is commendable because it's a supernatural reaction. We, we often just get self-centered, panicked, worried, feared, and we should really ask for God's help. So here's some things. I'm just going to recap here how not to freak out. Number one, if you didn't get these, consider God's goodness. Proceed gently in your relationships. Number three, receive God's peace through prayer. Prayer. Cast it on Him. Number four, Think about what you're thinking about. It's going to be really hard to respond positively if you're full of negativity, okay? And number five, take action on what you know to do now. Follow the example that you know in Scripture. Do what you need to do today. And the Bible says that God of peace will be with you.